0: can't
1: do
0: that? Yes, he can. What he can't do is undo it. So, Snake, good luck in your chosen profession. Yeah, keep in touch, man.
2: Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is Wait You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, Uh, specifically a movie that somebody we know hasn't seen so far. Um, This week, joining me, I have Christina. Hello. And Josh. Yo. And uh, I'm the host, Travis. Uh, TV's Travis on Twitter. And uh, this week, we're talking about the 1986 buddy cop uh, film, Running Scared, starring Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Um, I'm just going to come right out and say this to start things off. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Really? (laughs) I So... It's a funny story because this movie came out in 1986. I was about 5 years old when it hit theaters. I didn't see it in theaters, but I probably saw this movie at least two or three times before I was 10. Mm. Um, my mom It's a pretty clean movie. It it is, but really? it's funny because my mom uh to this day is still like I should never have let you watch that when you were that young. Um, but you know, in the lens of the 1980s, it was R rated for sure. Um, based mm-hmm. on those other movies but you look at like even a movie that came out a year later like die hard was much more r-rated than this um yeah but i i just i have a certain kind of warm fuzzy feeling when i watch this movie but it 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 just is something that i like i like buddy cop films on the whole i think they're it's a <laughs> when they're good and that's the thing with a buddy cop film is they are very hit or miss um, it's, a, it's a balance you guys it's a
1: maintain a balance through the thing
2: absolutely well they really yeah. come in two distinct varieties of buddy cop film you have your earnest kind of it's an action movie with some comedy mixed in like a like a lethal weapon or uh something of that style or you have your kind of satirical um buddy cop movies like anything starring the rock and kevin hart or uh, <laughs> you know kind the of fish other out of water yeah. dynamic contrast yeah you know, and and obviously, buddy cop movies—they do them in a bunch of different genres. I mean, Men in Black is a buddy cop film, right? The mm-hmm. men, in, the men in black are nothing more than intergalactic uh, county sheriffs, really. They just True. stick to—they stick to Earth and they do their thing there. You got R.I.P.D. is a buddy cop film about uh, the afterlife. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it's a tropey genre of film that can really work anywhere. You can have it in a western. You can have it in sci-fi. You can you could really have it. Um, with, you know, not even cops. I mean, if you if you really kind of break it down, the Vincent vega jewels stuff in Pulp Fiction is like a buddy cop film, but with criminals.
1: True.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it's it's definitely Hollywood tried and true. But when, when you do it right, when you mix the action and the comedy together in the right doses, it works really well. Yeah. Lethal Weapon did that. I think this movie does that.
1: Um yeah. The dynamic between Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal, I've n- I never had any issues or questions or anything. Like I was on board with the, the two of them on screen. I was fine.
2: Yep. Yep. So I was, I was in. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, your, you could, that, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, you could say that the movie is bulletproof.
2: <laughs> that oh. was, that was a less good buddy cop movie. Um. That could be a bad thing. Yes. Bulletproof. Yes. <laughs> no, it, uh, you're right. The linchpin of these movies is your two leads. And are they believable mm. as friends? And are they believable in the roles? And, you know, because when it works, it works really good. And when it doesn't, it's cop out, right?
0: <laughs> the
2: movie cop out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and look, I, I love Kevin Smith. He even admits it's one of his worst outings. Um, partially He's, be- had comments. He's had comments about that movie and its cast. <laughs> yes. Yes, he has. Uh, we, we don't need to go into those. You can find YouTube videos where he talks about the cast of that movie one person in particular, but uh, no, I just, you're right. It, it, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines work so well together because like I, it's believable that while it's, it's, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief for any movie uh, of this genre really. And especially one made in the eighties because they take a ton of liberties, but in its, in its universe, in its world, you believe that these two guys would have gone on vacation together because they didn't have anybody else. Yeah, they're like brothers almost. Yeah. yeah. Um so interestingly, they were not the first choices to be in this movie. This actually was written with um Gene Hackman and Paul Newman in mind.
1: That feels like a wholly different movie. It
2: really does. Uh when the <laughs> when when Peter Hyams came on as a director, he wanted to make uh Hughes and Costanzo younger. So he went away from that. And then at one point Tom Selleck and John Travolta were offered the roles, which also would have been a very different movie. Um but Selleck was working on Magnum P.I. and didn't want to do it. And Travolta didn't, his agent didn't think it was the right thing for him. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I, I don't think, I don't think that pairing would have worked that well. I, it's, I obviously have a really tough time divorcing this movie from what it is now because of my nostalgia and my love for it. Um, but, uh, I just think that Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines were the right mix of, of comedy and action. like, yeah, Bill, I don't think of action star when I think of Billy Crystal, but he's so quick witted. And then mm. Gregory Hines is kind of kind of the loose cannon where he's re- he is really funny in this movie. But oh yeah, he's got the crazy eyes, so you really believe he could snap at any moment. <laughs> he's like always on edge. He's yeah, could like, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. I... Well,
1: some of the stuff he does, it's it's like it's not even it's not even like him, there's things he intentionally does to play up, but then there's stuff he's just naturally doing, like, he's having sex with that girl later on, and I'm like, what's with these weird blue lights? I'm like, it's the flashing lights on his police bike? Like, it's yeah. just so out there, I'm like, but it's his ambient lighting, like, oh yeah, this is just what I use. Like, yeah, it's his, okay. it's his thing, it's
2: his <laughs> mood lighting. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, okay, so the big thing with this movie is, yes, I love it, but man, is it a product of the 80s. Oh, Definitely. Oh boy! <laughs> like every note, just, music, every, eh, oh every, every note of the shot. music. Oh man! Every note of the music. You've <laughs> got a you've got a Michael McDonald song in the middle of it during the uh, Key West montage. Like uh, it's the 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 fashion, um, the the cars, the, the even just the way it's shot and the way that it's uh, the audio was recorded uh, mm. feels like something out of the '80s. You know they did. I actually like the way they recorded this audio because. It was tricky when I was trying to capture clips because there were certain moments and clips that I really, really wanted that I just couldn't capture good audio of because they kind of give you that feeling of like actually being there with the way, you know, you're always getting that little bit of echo and that kind of... The space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you feel the space of wherever they are, which I, I appreciate, but it made capturing audio kind of a pain. But um, <laughs> I just... It had... Now... You know, it's not a great transfer. Um, if you're watching the streaming or the DVD copy, there is no—at least as far as I know—no Blu-ray, you know, high-def version of this. But it wasn't. It's not a well-known movie, um, really. I mean, I am—I am more surprised when I mention the movie to somebody and they're like, "Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I do like that." Than than people who haven't seen it.
0: And yeah. Then well, some can... people like me could have mixed it up with another movie.
2: That's true. It's called um, Running Scared
1: with Paul Walker. <laughs>
0: No, uh, I mixed it up with uh, See No Evil,
2: Hear No Evil. Oh, I don't even know. I don't think I even know that one. That is um, that is Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Yep. One so, is... Okay, so
1: those were the two things when you mentioned this movie. I was like, I've seen the cover for this movie. <laughs> Not, I've heard of this movie. It's like, I've seen the cover. Like when you walk through the video store or whatever. And I asked you, is that the one with Richard Pryor? <laughs> yeah,
2: I, That's hilarious because you did. You asked me that and I was like, no, it's Gregory Hines. But, you know, if you squint yeah. really hard. Sure. Um, no, The uh, Sino yep. evil is r- prior and wilder when there are one's blind and one's deaf.
0: Oh, yep. yes.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So that's funny that that's what you thought it was, Christina, but uh, it's a very different movie from that uh, in a way. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I guess you could say that's a buddy cop movie, too, but they're not cops.
2: <laughs> true. Yeah. It's got that similar formula. No, this this movie. OK, so we've talked about Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. You don't think of either one of them as your action stars, but I I bought them as cops. Um, even though, oh, yeah. you know they're not they're not big imposing guys by any stretch. But um, the overall cast of this movie is actually pretty good, uh, I especially in this movie, especially uh, you know for its time. I mean, you got Stephen Bauer uh, as uh, Detective Frank Sigliano. He you know he's in the movie hardly at all, but this was after um, Scarface, so he was a known commodity then. Uh, he comes up
1: pretty prominent on uh, imdb and i was like when did when was he in the movie i didn't even <laughs> see him like
2: <laughs> yeah he was one of the the two younger cops yeah um and oh, then, oh, uh, oh no him
1: yeah, yeah 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 i thought you were talking about another guy sorry yeah.
2: well there's so there's uh steven bauer uncle Joe, rico yep uncle rico john Grease. um <laughs> which this was a, a young john Grease when he had hair uh yeah now see i always remember him i know he was uncle rico and everybody remembers that but did you ever see the show the Pretender? heard of it. Okay Christina you remember that show?
0: I know of it but I've never watched it.
2: So it was a, it was like an hour long drama set um, it was I want to say it was like 96, 97 to 2000s when it ran but basically it centered around a guy who was a genius and could be anything he wanted to be but there was okay. a character in that played by John Grease who was in almost every episode just kind of this wormy little computer guy named Brute's And that's what I remember him from because I love the show and I would watch it. It ran after its initial run. I want to say it was on like NBC. TNT picked it up and they would play it. It, This was the show they played from like 1998 to probably 2002. It was their we're going to play this four hours a day every day type show, you know, where they just run it and reruns all the time. So that's probably when I came across it. Yeah, that was the one with the guy from uh, that legal show or whatever. Right. Who was the main Um, actor in that? Uh, his name is, oh, um, uh, Pooh. Uh, I can see his face. I can't think yeah. of his name. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now either. But I like him. Um, <laughs> Whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's funny. I used to know his his name, and it's been so long since I've watched it. Michael T. Weiss. That's his name. Uh, Michael T. Weiss. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what I remember John Grease from. And then you got a jo- a young Joe Pambianno. Oh yeah. Um, with hair as well. <laughs> yep, with hair. The hair like a parakeet. Uh, and then um, Jimmy Smith as uh, Julio, mm-hmm. which... Bail Organa himself. Yep. To to give you an idea of how much I enjoyed this movie when I was a kid, for the longest time, if I saw Jimmy Smith in anything, I didn't trust him because he was Julio <laughs> Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then uh, also Dan Hedaya as uh, Captain Logan. Um, this was what I knew him from because I saw this. I had... Uh, earlier memories of this movie than Cheers, and I know he was on Cheers a few times, but uh, this is what I remember him from as uh, Captain Logan, you know, the the tropey, angry police captain of every one of these movies. So it's a pretty nice cast overall. I mean, for, mm. for a movie of its size, it's not a big budget movie by any stretch. I think the budget was, don't even see what the budget was. You know, it made $38 million, um, but... You know, it wasn't like this. I mean, obviously, it wasn't a big movie release-wise, or more people would have at least heard of it, uh, let alone yeah. see it.
1: When did it come out? Like, uh, what what month?
2: Uh, June. It was a summer, 86.
1: Really? I was wondering, like I, like, I started, as I watch movies, like, if I start paying attention to the movie and I actually start wandering off mentally, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not holding my interest, I start to think, like, when did this come out? What time of year was this? Like, what, what season? Like, yeah, this feels like a February... Yeah, so June for this is kind of surprising. But I guess it's a big enough movie, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got a 60% uh, rating on Rotten Rotten Tomatoes. Um, You know, for the most part, it had favorable reviews, but I don't know, it just... It was number five at the box office its opening weekend, and it it did okay, but it just wasn't a big thing. I gotta think, at least some of that is because it's an action movie starring, you know, Billy Crystal. Like, you don't think of Billy Crystal that way, but...
1: So that's actually what i kept thinking watching the movie. So <clears throat> my general take on the movie is it's fine. Like i i got through it. I didn't I wasn't bored. Mm-hmm. I also didn't feel like super invested in what was going on, but it was like it kind of hit that like 70 out of 10 like yeah, it's passing. It's not crazy, but it's, it it gets there. Um and then uh, I don't remember where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, it's been a long day. Oh, that's okay. No, I, you know, it's funny because if I had, if I was seeing this movie today for the first time, I'd probably have the same feeling. I mean, I, I know that my love for this movie is definitely out of a place of uh, nostalgia and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that warm feeling that you get when you, when you watch something from your childhood or from your younger days that had an impression on you. And this yeah. definitely did. I mean, I quote this movie all the time, you know, I use quotes from it in, almost daily. Um, so, you know, I know that I'm, I'm way biased in it. I definitely can see, you know, it's good it, for what it is for an eighties buddy cop film. It's good. It's not great. I do think I like it better than most other buddy cop movies. I like it better than lethal weapon myself, but I, again, that comes down to that chemistry between Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. If they don't yeah. work as well as they do, I don't remember this movie as fondly as I do.
1: I, I think that's that's where I was actually, that's where I was going with it was like two comic actors in an action movie. So like the action audience is going to get more comedy than they're used to, but the action was kind of t- like toned down from like, you know, all well, you mentioned Die Hard like later than this, but it didn't feel like it was a full action movie. And then the comedy, it didn't feel like it was a full comedy, but it was enough of both to get there. And mm-hmm. then it, again, uh, so you you mentioned Lethal Weapon, I'm thinking... You know, obviously, Riggs Murtaugh, people know them. They get, you know, it's it, it seems like it's a very simplistic relationship between them. And I feel like, uh, in in that movie, focused on the action more. Yeah. Whereas this, without Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, like, I, I don't even really care what else is going on. Really, like there was there was a plot with drugs and stuff, but aside from that, I was like, I'm watching these two guys and they get this bar and what's going to happen with them? The right. crime oh, stuff. Yeah. Well, whatever, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the the police part of it is secondary to, uh, you know, Hughes and Costanzo. Like, they're what mm. they're what is driving the movie, so it was smart of the director to kind of steer into that a little bit more. You know, yeah, you, you, you got to show them doing some police stuff. You got to show them shooting it, guys. You got to show them doing all that, but that's not going to be your main focus. So you're right. It Basically, it's a cookie-cutter plot. Oh, you got Drug Lord, he's bringing drugs in, he kidnapped somebody, you know, check all the boxes. Yeah. But Exactly, I was
1: going to say, all the boxes checked, it got there, passed inspection. It's not going to win any races, but it's, it'll get you there.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a paint-by-numbers plot that you then let your leads, let your two guys carry it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and they do a great job of it. I mean, Peter Hyams, as a director, is okay. I mean, if you what look at... If- he done so he did 2010 the year we make contact was kind of his first big movie um he okay. did, he had done outland uh before that which is a, a lesser known kind of sci-fi-ish thing um but he did 2010 and then this was the next one he did after that he did um i don't know if you remember stay tuned
1: oh yeah yeah John he Ritter did,
2: yeah he did that day. um time cop uh, actually he worked with van damme twice because he did time cop and then sudden death back to back um, he did, uh, the relic. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. And, uh, I forgot that he had done this, uh, end of days. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Schwarzenegger versus the devil. Yep. Let's post those pre 2000 paranoia apocalypse movies. Yep. <laughs> uh, he did a movie called the musketeer in 2001 and a sound of thunder in 2005. I've seen that. I love the story that that's based on, but that movie was uh, a hot steaming pile of garbage. Um, I did not enjoy a sound of thunder at all. Um, Hmm. But you know, it, like I say, if you look at those good, that's the way you can put it. It's passable. You know, time cop is a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, Sudden death. is All of
1: those, they are movies. They do what they do. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you're not disappointed, but you're not like, I will remember this forever. You know?
2: Yeah. You're not getting high art you're not getting, you know, Oscar material. You're not getting something that you're going to you're going to remember forever. You you don't see you don't see that movie and think, "Boy, that Peter Hyams has got a style." You're not looking at that like it's a Martin Scorsese film or a Steven Spielberg or Ridley Scott. He just he's no. competent. He does a good job giving you something entertaining.
1: Yeah. It's the it's the snacks you pick up in the middle of a road trip. It's yeah. not a meal. It'll get you where you're going, but yeah, you know, you'll have some fun with it, maybe
2: some chocolate, but so. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> that's a it's a good way to put it. And, you know, that's fine. I, I don't mind that. I enjoy movies hmm. like that. And occasionally you get something that strikes a chord with somebody, and, and Running Scared did that for me. Um, he did let, uh, from what I was reading, um, he did give Billy Crystal, you know, and Gregory Hines a little bit of leeway to, to ad-lib a lot of that. And you can tell the way that they, yeah. they banter back and forth. There's some ad-lib going on, and it's just two too comedic actors that are just playing off of each other.
1: Well, and especially, I mean, you had mentioned, like, Gene Hackman and – Paul Newman, yeah, and I'm like thinking to myself, there are lines that Billy Crystal, deli- Billy Crystal delivers in this movie that I can't conceive of any other actor delivering.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like the whole uh, the whole bit with Pinky and the the call that he makes where he's watching jeopardy oh, yeah. and all that. That's totally Billy Crystal, 100. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it you know you know it's it's fun it. I do agree with you, Josh, in that it's for an R-rated action movie. It's pretty clean. I mean, with a few cuts, a few things trimmed up, you could easily make this PG-13 because it's not overly bloody at all. Yeah. Uh, you know the the action scenes are uh, on par with like a James Bond movie in terms of there was you know there's a, there was of, a little nudity. There was a little bit of nudity, and again, you cut that. that might, yeah. And uh, there's like two or three f bombs that get dropped kind of early on. You cut those or cut them down to like one and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, so this was R-rated kind of like uh, planes, trains, and automobiles got an R rating for that one <laughs> scene. Yeah.
1: When, when did the PG-13 go into effect? Because I know it was like PG and R and then they made that PG-13 trying to, to get in the middle there.
2: PG-13 was just after Temple of Doom because Temple of Doom was rated PG. And it caused a okay. big, it caused a big uproar because of you know the whole guy gets his heart removed and scary and all that. And so it was <laughs> yeah. kind of in the wake of that is when you got your PG thirteen,
1: right? What, yeah. So what year was that then? I don't uh, Temple of 85? Doom was eighty five.
2: No, I think Temple of Doom was eighty four. Okay, I don't know. Pretty sure. So this would have been right around that time. I mean, yep, Temple of Doom was eighty four. So this would have been you know close to that time where. I think, had this movie been made five years later, the studio probably would have pushed him to go to a PG-13.
1: Yeah, bigger audience, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, interestingly, this was a movie set in the, you know, made in the 80s about police officers, and neither of your leads smoke. Oh, at the end of it,
1: though. They pull out cigars.
2: The cigars, yeah. But I'm talking, you know, your chain-smoking cigarettes, like a lot of, I mean, most movies in the 1980s had that, let alone cop movies. Look at John Mm. McClane in 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 Die Hard spends half the movie looking for cigarettes. So I was gonna
1: say I never see him smoking, but
0: (laughs) he's always looking for
2: them. You know, it's interesting because there's a there's a point in like the '90s where that all flipped and you stop seeing people smoke in movies a lot, except for uh, you know like independent movies and um, like period pieces, villains, or movies that are set like uh, we watched you know Shutter Island last week for the for the show. And uh, they were smoking a lot in that, but it was set in the 1950s, so it kind of makes sense. It yeah. fit the motif that they were going for. I just I thought it was interesting watching it this time and kind of noticing that for the first time. There's not even a lot of smoking done by um, other characters. I mean, even you know Julio doesn't light up a cigarette or, or anything like that, which I just mm. thought was you know I thought that was interesting. It's little little out of the ordinary for it, but uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, the
0: only thing that I found interesting that I actually almost fell off the chair giggling when I saw was their snow.
2: Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, they were shooting half of it in California (laughs) and probably shot during... Yeah, the snow was like fluff and it wasn't... Yeah, it 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 was was foam. foam. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, it was just foam.
0: It's like, that's not snow.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I was like 9, 10, 11 years old, I didn't notice that at all. But yeah, foam just... Just toss some foam down there; it'll be fine. Um, so they, there was actually a sequel at one point uh, in the works called Still Running, but uh, they never Billy Billy and Gregory could never find a, a script that they liked enough to do it, so they just didn't do it. And I appreciate that. Yeah, like you know, the movie made money, but don't you don't have to beat a dead horse. If you don't think there's something that's worth doing, don't do it. And I appreciate that a lot. So I'm kind of glad there was never a sequel to this movie because. Didn't need it. I mean, the whole thing centered around one guy. It's funny because they're so focused on getting Julio Gonzalez, you never even hear about um, like any other crooks that they've gotten. You you get a little bit of the backstory of like, oh, we're getting sued again. Um, that was some okay. So that was something that uh, if this movie was made even ten years later, but definitely if it was made in the last ten years, completely different movie because of just the way the pol- police procedural. Stuff goes, yeah. Like this was—that's another thing that tips off how how eighties this is—is is you've got cops that are, you know, beating people up and and doing all sorts of underhand stuff. I mean, the whole scene in the alley with the two guys that try to mug them, and sure. they just callously fire their weapon off in the middle of the day in an alley at a moving vehicle. Yeah.
1: Well, so you're talking about that stuff, and it's weird because at at a couple of different points in the movie, I'm thinking to myself are these good guys like they're <laughs> cops but also like they're effectively swatting a guy just so gregory Hines can sleep with his girlfriend yeah yep that's uh, like really and then it's like oh hey baby what's going on like oh this is fun and yeah that you you know you cartoonish dot you it's like what <laughs> okay
2: yeah no definitely uh and you know again that's very 80s if you think about uh, movies at that time. Those were things that you could get away with in a movie and just be like, oh, you...
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely had that uh, Beverly Hills Cop feel, too, especially with the way they stanced and
2: shot. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, hmm. That that wonderful shot of them from behind in their long underwear. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking when you said that. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. They, they do basically swat... Not, and they swat him... They, they get, you know, the other detectives to pick him up, but that was after he, like a few days earlier, just went and fake arrested her for unpaid parking tickets so he could oh, have her yeah. for the night. So it's like, not only did he do that, but he did it more than once. It's becoming a habit. Yeah. yeah. It's like,
1: okay, someone to have to
2: talk to you. I mean, I know you're retiring, but at the same point, like, <laughs> come on. Well, plus they strong-arm Snake. Right. They get him to do stuff by by faking uh, how much money he had and knowing oh, yeah. full well, he's not going to pay attention to it. He's just going to sign to get his money. And, you know, they pretty much just do extortion to get him to do what they want. So I will say I really <clears throat> I really did appreciate
1: the visual humor when they brought in the police lineup.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, it's
1: like <laughs> yeah. cop, 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 cop. And then him. It's a yeah. pants really? Okay. And make it him turn. I'm like, this is this is great.
2: <laughs> and, and even just the way he does it, too. He's like, they tell him, turn to the right, and he just, oh, really? All right. And he turns to the Like, he knows.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He knows they're screwing And actually, I mean,
1: thinking about it, the fact that, like, he kind of was leading them on to lure them t- uh, to Julio. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did all of that with intent. Like, playing dumb and being, you know, a pain in the butt to them, but because well, he was true. trying to like them in, so it was like, oh wow, it adds a level to it.
2: It does, you know. It, it it's funny because that's not something you don't get that at first blush, but you also it. You're right. It adds a little more kind of seasoning to the to the stew that they're making by having. Yeah, because he is. He's he's a smarter guy than you think, and then you know he gets waxed. Yeah, I think if, if he
1: if he showed up and wasn't doing it intentionally, I think it would be tragic. I think it would be too like dark. Like They put him through enough torment yeah. and then he gets killed. That would be bad. So having him like own it, like, yeah, it was our plan all along. It's like, oh, no, no, okay, you, you are a bad guy. Okay, cool, we'll just let you die now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, um, oh, I forgot one person in the cast that we didn't mention. Um, uh, and that is star of every 80s action film, Al Yong. the dude with oh, yeah, the Fu yeah. Manchu. He's in everything. Uh, I, I had completely forgotten that he had, you know, the one shot cameo in this movie that he has in every other movie. So I had to bring that up because that guy's a legend. Like he shows up in, in any, I mean, he's in Die Hard He's in big trouble in little China name an eighties film that has any kind of henchman. He's henching. Mm. Um, so this movie actually was big enough that it had a spin off music video. Um, for this, the Michael McDonald song had a music video that incorporated uh, Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, hmm. which I would never have guessed. Like, of all the movies you could think of that would have a music video from a song in them, this is not one I would have thought of. Um, but that song. Yeah, <laughs> and that song, too, exactly. Because I've heard that song. I, I've only ever heard that song in this movie, right. I think, except for one other time, and all I did was think about the montage uh, from this movie while I was listening to it. Just them riding it's kind along of, on the scooters and it's kind of weird because like that whole I actually felt like I missed something
1: <laughs> when they got to Key West or whatever, because I'm just like I mean I tracked that yeah, okay, you have to take some time off mandatory vacation, but I'm like, it's such a hard transition from cop stuff, cop stuff, cop stuff, beach roller skating, whatever. Yeah. I'm like and that was a considerable chunk of time it take for the movie to just go south for a while. Yeah, like, the, they, they had story development down there while they are yeah.
2: yeah, well, you know, they had the... That was the story development for Ray and Danny, right? They had to... There had to be something... It, admittedly, it feels like it was awful quick. Like, they were, you know, two weeks and they decide they're going to retire. They had to have either been there longer or they were just that taken with the place. But, yeah, it definitely feels very discordant with the rest of the movie. Uh, They're so intent on getting Julio and then within two weeks of vacation, they're ready to retire. They don't care anymore. So yeah, I mean that, it's definitely a hard turn uh, that it takes, but
1: you know, at the same time through the rest of the movie, when they talk about it, you just immediately reference. Yeah. I remember we spent 10 minutes back there. Yeah. Okay. But it, so it's when you, when you're watching it, you're kind of like, where are we going with this? But the rest (laughs)
2: of the movie, it's like, it feels supported. Okay. It worked. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and again, I I think all that really comes back to that chemistry between the two leads. And you really believe that they he, he, you believe that Danny could convince Ray to do that. Mm. You know. And and it had some good lines in there too. Uh, and I did capture I actually captured a lot of audio of this movie um and I got to play a few of these for you guys because they're they're just too funny. Mm. Um cuz this movie's full of quips and one-liners. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just all As
0: most over the 80s course. movies are.
2: <laughs> definitely definitely but uh i mean some of these I'll, I'll point out the ones that i use in you know daily or weekly conversation because i just can't help myself it's just burned into my memory but i mean even you know a simple one like right at the beginning of the movie they're when they're playing the basket when they're playing basketball they're doing their stakeout for and my question is why were they there in the first place oh yeah they, yeah they were blending it well the, but the thing is they didn't know julio was out they were just standing there they they never give a reason why they were in that location because they they were so surprised that Julio was out of jail they just put him away yeah but so,
1: Joey Leone was there too though yeah. so maybe they were looking for him cuz he lived right there didn't he cuz yeah, when they found that was right outside his place so yeah
2: uh, and then of course they go and they you know join the basketball game get knocked out but then the car pulls up and i just that's i awesome. love it.
0: for what in this neighborhood a mercedes is probable cause yeah.
2: I use that actually quite a bit, just like out of completely out of context with anything. Um, Not when you see a Mercedes, just anytime. Yeah, usually it's a Mercedes, but you know, <laughs> occasionally I'll, I'll mix it up uh, a Porsche in this neighborhood. Um, this one. So there was a couple of lines in the beginning that I really wanted to get, um, but it was hard because the the audio kept moving from inside to outside When when Danny's doing his whole speech to all the guys playing basketball. When he's like, you know, hey, there's a guy up here with $50,000 in a briefcase. You know, that whole – I love all that because that shows that his character is not the action-action guy, but he definitely does some questionable things of his own. You know, he just runs his mouth more. But the audio yeah. for that was so hard to capture because they keep – you know, he's outside, and they keep cutting back and forth and, and all that. But I did get another one that I like to use occasionally – Um and I just, I've always loved this line. And it's when uh, when they've got his foot caught in the door. And then oh, yeah. Ray, Ray pulls out and he just says this.
0: Here's the situation. I have this gun here. I'm going to take the gun out and I'm going to shoot a lot of holes in the door. If you are standing in front of the gun, what can I tell you? Some of those holes are going to be in you. You catching my drift snake? <laughs>
2: like, that's great police work right there. <laughs>
1: I'm just going to wonder if the Simpsons was directly referencing this with like Bart, like I'm just going to keep doing this and move forward. And if I hit you, it's not my fault.
2: I wouldn't put it past them. Honestly, that could be the type of a thing. general enough idea that I don't know, maybe. Huh? Um, oh, and then, uh, well, we heard that one at the beginning about chosen profession that always cracked me up. He can't do that. No, what he can't do is undo it. <laughs> um, this is very Billy Crystal.
0: I just love oh, the way yeah. he said that. Inflection. I don't know. <laughs>
2: um I actually said something similar to this just the other night cuz it, it it's uh it's just one of those things where um it's Joe Patagliano. it's
0: his boss had an accident. He fell on a knife four times.
2: <laughs> uh, so many good lines in this movie. You know, and and this was early on, but this definitely showed um kind of how uh just the the interplay between um Ray and Danny.
0: Could he be maybe importing some cocaine? No, 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 no. That would be illegal.
2: That's a very, you know, 80s cop movie. Mm. I Okay. I'm a big fan, even though it, it serves no purpose to the, to the story whatsoever, of the whole scene where they go to the funeral for his Aunt Rose. All it really does is set up that Danny, when Danny gets the inheritance check. Um, and, and the ex-wife yeah they show the ex-wife but there's you know there's a million different ways that he could have to deal with the ex-wife especially since the next scene she's in she's coming to him to tell him about how she's getting married to a dentist um but uh which was great do they play the same music at home um but uh but it did give us like, the great exchange with his other aunt and it's just classic Italian like cranky aunt and I always loved uh this one this one's a little bit long so bear with me. It's good to see you two
0: back together again uh, We're still divorced Italians don't get divorced, it's a sin They're just not together, that's all We're still not together Thank heavens, he's no good for you And Sophie, what are you talking
2: about? <laughs> that's such a stereotypical <laughs> tropey, like Italian woman Old, Older Italian woman But it just cracks me up every time Oh, no, no, no Italians don't get divorced, it's a sin They're just not together anymore Yeah, I can just picture her going home and making a big pot of ragu
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely what I felt um, with that scene. I actually chuckled at that the first time.
2: Yeah, the oh. writing in this is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, like even something simple like this.
0: Pointing a gun at a police officer, can we waste them for that? <laughs> I love that scene. I think it's, that was probably my favorite scene.
2: Oh, it's so great! No, no, no. Look, you can keep the cash, but let us have the wallets. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
1: Which was all just playing it up to here's our badge. Yep. Um, Which, any most other movies, I don't know, it's so weird. Like, if you had told me that these guys were on their second week of being detectives, I would have believed it. (laughs) But it's, they're two weeks from retirement. Right. So it's like, I question and believe their level of experience throughout the movie. (laughs) Because they play with it so much.
2: Yep. Uh, And I love, too, how they always rip on each other about who hit what when they shoot, like you can, Mm. you can tell they obviously shoot at things a lot.
1: And then when Julio gets up, no, that wasn't me. (laughs)
2: Wait, I thought you got him. No, I thought you
1: got him. (laughs) Which, so I was thinking about that. So I mean, you mentioned like, you don't usually see them or Billy Crystal, like doing a lot of action. And even that like climactic shootout, they're all kind of just standing in one place, shooting back and forth at each other. Yeah. Or hanging from a rope in one place. I'm like, there's not running around chasing. There's there's no crazy fighting. It's just we're gonna just stand here and fire our guns.
2: Yeah. No. The the most uh, action oriented thing is um, Gregory Hines swinging back and forth on a Windows Wasser's rig, and uh, the the ex-wife Anna um, jumping. You know, a foot and a half. Oh, from the elevator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's it's the same type of
0: feel in uh, Beverly Hills Cop.
2: Yeah, yeah, That's actually. That you know, has far a off.
0: little more running, but. It's... <laughs> it's also the same stand, plant my feet and shoot.
1: Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's a Hollywood actor with minimal training stance. (laughs) Uh, this needs to be visible on screen. Like
2: some of it is that, and some of it is that's how cops shoot. Um, having done some, some like, um, going to the gun range with a friend of mine a few times, you could always tell the cops, uh, because they would shoot that way. Um, Hmm. I just didn't realize it was so pronounced. Like, yeah, oh, it's definitely very almost to a comical <laughs> level. Um, this was this was one that really showed how close of friends they were when when he comes when he comes walking in um, to them while they're asleep and he sneaks into the room and he flips the the uh, oh, somebody's breathing into their mic, not sure. Um, no, when he when he comes tiptoeing into the room and then he flips on the siren and wakes them up. Oh yeah. He's and so I, quiet. Yeah, yeah. He's so quiet, and then it's just the reaction to it. What's he doing
0: here? I brought donuts. He brought donuts.
2: <laughs> like, like, oh, this happens every time. Yeah, just I was Like, oh, it's you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. This, this is a line that I use all the time. Um, just, just because it cracked me up. Uh, it's when they're talking about the. So the guy they when they got Snake in the car and they come up on the guy who jumped the jumper. And, mm. you know, they're, they're talking to, at the time in the scene, they're talking about, wait, he's all wet. What did they do, bathe him first? But it was uh, it was this when they're talking to their captain later.
1: The jumper yesterday?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. just got a flash from the car on the cause of death. Ooh, let me guess. Deceleration trauma. Uh, cement poison. He drowned. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor guy couldn't swim or fly, huh? Mr. Captain, you don't need a cop. You need a lifeguard. <laughs> the victim's name is Alan Jackson. was a cop from the south side? I'm sorry, Captain. We'll get right on. What's a cop from the south
1: side doing in that neighborhood? We do not know. You are the detectives. Go and detect.
2: Well, oh, that was more clip than I was expecting. <laughs> but it, but it, it's nice because
1: that that that's a clear example of like the tone of this movie. Ridiculous, ridiculous, blah blah blah. Arguing with your boss, and then immediately when they're like, he was a cop from the south side. The tone changes so hard there, and it's like, oh, now I'm in a believable '80s action cop movie.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: I'm like, it, it, it the way that they perf- they played it, it just pulled you right along with it.
2: That's very true because you can you can believe that's where you can believe that they've been doing it for as long as they say, you know, 16 years. Because yeah. a rookie's not going to be able to get away with bantering with the captain like that. But two guys that have been around for, you know, over a decade and a half and probably have just a string of arrests, he'll let them get away with that stuff because he knows as soon as he tells them that information, they're going to flip the switch and go into, you know, go mode. Yeah. Well, he knows that like they'll joke around but they'll They'll get it done. They know what you're yeah. doing, yeah. Um, and then you have your classic angry captain of uh, this one.
0: Let me tell you, if I find you in the city, I'm going to have you arrested. If you step one foot in the station house, I'm going to have you shot.
2: <laughs> that that one is quintessential 80s cop movie. Like, no. every time they <laughs> you step out of line, the captain threatens to have you shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I've, I just remembered one that I caught uh, when they were in Key West.
0: I'll have wet t-shirt night for women over 70. You'll love this.
2: <laughs> that, no. uh, that is definitely <laughs> Billy Crystal ad-libbed right there.
1: So is that um, like a retiree joke because it's Florida?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or when he's, when he's trying to convince him to buy the bar with him.
0: We break up some fights, we argue with some drunks, we'll rouse some hookers, and occasionally, if we're lucky, we will get robbed.
2: The look on his face too When he says that We will get robbed And it's just like this Please Always cracks me up Even though there won't be
1: Cops anymore I'm just like Oh I I feel like if you Robbed this place You made a mistake Yeah
2: Yeah. So he's like A
1: little bit of excitement
2: Yeah Oh and here's the scene We were talking about earlier With them in their uh, Long underwear
0: We lost a suspect Our keys Our car Our pants It could have
2: been worse We could have been shot He was so dead set On not losing his pants Yeah I mean, yeah, I don't blame him. That's fake snow out there. Yeah, that's true. I just love that. He's like, <laughs> we'll let him kill us. At least then we'll keep our pants on. There's a certain dignity to that.
1: Well, uh, go out with your pants on. <laughs> so and the oh, weird running joke about... It, it, it was so weird. Like, if they had only mentioned it once after the fact, the Bulletproof Glass... When he's like, he very specifically says, oh, yeah, I mean, the windows don't work because, you know, they're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, so this will probably come up in a later scene. And I didn't realize the extent it was going to yeah, impact the plot. I'm like, this is a continuing thing. OK. <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah. They uh, it, it came into play twice because they couldn't roll the windows down when they were in the um, trash compactor. Yeah. yeah. Or the chase. Well, yep. Yeah. Um, and shout out to that dude that played Ace in the motor pool. Um, i can't think of his name off the top of my head uh, yeah he's, he's, like, been,
0: he's like one of those
1: character actors
0: yeah Larry Hankin
2: yeah yes that's his name he's like uh he's like if Christopher Lloyd and uh John Hawkes had a kid, which yeah. seems weird because he's older than John Hawks, but he kind of is like the missing link between those two like a little Harry Dean Stanton in there yes, yep just a, <laughs> just a dash yeah but uh i I love him in this movie just because and he's only, you know, he's in it for what two scenes? He's got like three, three or four lines of dialogue, but they're gold. Yeah. The whole, the whole, uh, this one.
0: Let me tell you what you want. You want to come and go like the wind, right? Right. Invincible and vulnerable, invisible. I want a Thursday at nine. You won't be invisible till
2: five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's one I do a <laughs> lot. Just look at his watch. No, nope, not till five.
1: Yeah. When uh, when they go and they get the taxi for their <laughs> undercover. And it's just like I don't know, something doesn't look right. Yeah. And Then oh, now looks like a cab. Yeah, okay.
2: Yep. That one. That one got me too. Um. So this has this movie has a uh, a nice little kind of Abbott and Costello style routine in it uh, when they're at the airport. I think you know which part I'm talking about, but this this helped get it in our rating. Um. But I'm gonna play it anyway because it's just I like this. You you know which part I'm talking about. Uh, I watched this in
1: two sittings and. When I started the second sitting, I vaguely remembered the first sitting.
2: <laughs> okay, well... I, mean, I, I, I remembered the gist of it, but, like, specific lines I didn't remember. Gotcha. Well, this this is that, and you'll see why I call it the Abbott-Costello. I actually marked this clip as who's on first.
0: This coke is pure shit. It's good shit, right? I mean, bad oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Bad shit, like, this shit is bad? It's shit shit. This shit isn't worth shit. There's barely enough coke in here to attract the dogs. Anybody caught on the street with this will get killed. <laughs>
2: It's like, how many different ways can we use that word in one sentence? Yeah. So, and so I then I had to capture just... Real shit. And I'm keeping that on my soundboard forever. <laughs> and, you know, I will say the, the car chase in this is pretty good.
1: Yeah. It was like almost, I mean, not Blues Brothers level, but that practical real cars, real stuntmen. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, again, it's
2: the 80s, so it's yeah. pretty CGI. But yeah. <laughs> Well, and you can tell that they, they rigged the car so that they could drive them along the tracks. Oh um, yeah. and then they just shook the camera. I did because... notice
1: one mistake.
2: Uh when they're going through the alley
1: and like he drives up on the driver's side and like mm-hmm. tilts the car to go through the alley, but then when they come out, the passenger side is the one that's tilted up. Oh really? I don't think I picked it up. It was tilted because I think the way I they probably realized that when they shot them coming out of the alley they would just be looking at the bottom of the car and it wouldn't be appealing. So they like flipped it. I don't know. They go in one way and they come out another way. I was like, Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) But I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's good. It's not great. It's not a memorable. um, If they hadn't gone on the L like that, it wouldn't be a memorable car chase. That's what kind of, yeah, that's what kind of makes it, but you know, it's good. It's competent. And uh, because of that, I remember it. Um, And it, you know, they add the the level of kind of buddy cop to it by having the, the priest and the nun in the backseat the whole time. That, <laughs> that they definitely don't believe are really really clergy, which just is even even funnier.
1: Yeah, what well, that that whole thing I mean, I guess that's the thing. It's we're talking about it it gets there but it doesn't define it and like it's there's a level of uncertainty across the board here. It's not a pure action movie, it's not a pure comedy, it's not a PG thirteen, it's not an R. That's not real, coke, That shit, coke, mm-hmm. That's not a real priest. And then it is a real priest. It's like he is a victim to the to the cops' tor- torment, and then he's not. It's
2: like everything is like dual sided or whatever. Yeah, it really is. And of course, then uh, a good Billy Crystal line.
0: Hey, father, you and your wife owe me twenty eight fifty.
2: Yeah. Smash cut oh. to. They're sitting in that room, and they come in apologizing, tail between their That's legs. That-
1: quick wit, just like when they were talking to the the guy that the younger cops pulled. They're like, I oh, don't know, no, we're going to talk
2: to this guy. And oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, let you go.
1: He's getting away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, so, right
2: after. there's so many of those. Like, even right after the, the car gets flipped over by the train and they, they stand up out of the car and it's just Billy Crystal. Why weren't we on that track? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're going to criticize my driving now? He's like, what? You get to do all the dangerous stuff. I get to Parallel Park. Like, yeah, it's just that quick wit all the way through it, and I love it. Uh no, a, I, that's just his authenticity of bi- being Billy Crystal.
1: Like, yes, it's like you believe him in the movie as Billy Crystal. I don't believe him
2: as a cop so much, but I believe him as Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. You believe him as the man child. You can understand why his wife, you know, would have left him if he doesn't ever want to grow up. Dude had an arcade cabinet sitting in his apartment. Mm. I, I don't know if you saw that or not, but he's and? got. Uh, <laughs> Well, this in the is 80s, a 80s, that wasn't. Yeah, this is a grown it. man in the 80s. It wasn't looked on the same way as it is now to have not uh, stream on Twitch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hey, don't tell people that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, I I remember seeing that and noticing like, "Oh, wow, he's got an actual arcade cabinet in there. That's awesome." Um it, it was funny up until so I'm watching um as I'm watching the movie and I'm remembering the climax uh, scene and there where he drops all the cocaine out the elevator. Oh, Which, yeah, yeah! First of all, they don't survive. Neither, neither him or his ex wife survive that because they're both shot all to hell in that elevator. Like, how do you miss right? But then, no as block at all. Like, yeah, yeah. And then as it's getting to that point, I'm remembering, oh yeah, this is where he drops all the bags. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait, why does that matter? Julio can just go downstairs and pick them up. And hey, look at that, I've got my cocaine, and I can leave. But then, no, they burst open. Yeah, I'd forgotten how much they burst open and shot everywhere. No. But it was right up until that point where I'm I'm remembering things, and for whatever reason, it because it's been a couple of years since I've seen this. Now I was remembering them as not like bursting open like bags of flour. Mm. It's weird. I'm not really a.
1: I, I don't usually have an issue with heights, but I think because you're tracking the cocaine as it's falling, like you kind of get a little sense of vertigo. Because, I mean, you realize, like, oh, there's the floor that they're hitting. And you're like, oh, and then the elevator shaft continues below that. And I think yeah. as, as you're watching it drop, you're like, you get a sense of the distance. And you're like, oh. Like, it was a long enough shot that I was like, I don't want to sit here and watch this much longer. <laughs> and it cut to something else. But I'm like, that's weird. I usually don't have a problem with heights. but
2: <laughs> Yeah, and that was a really interesting building, too. Like, just big and open and, like, all glass. And I don't what know. What
1: exactly was Gregory Hines' plan... For getting into the building, because it's like, okay, you can't go through the door because they'll see you. One, it's all windows. Yeah. Two, he literally scales all the way up to the roof, only to drop all through the roof, almost all the way down to the ground. I know. So it's like, this is what plan was this? (laughs) Not a well thought out plan, that's for sure. But I thought he was going to work his way down from like the top floor. It's like, no,
2: he's just going to jump shit.
0: Yeah, shoot his way through the glass and go through.
2: <laughs> it, it seems like the kind of plan that Ray Hughes would have. Like that—that that fits his character. He doesn't think that far ahead. He's just like, nope, this will work. I'll get in there, and then uh, we'll shoot a bunch of stuff, and it'll be over. Um, so yeah. <laughs> um, no, so so both of you having seen this movie for the first time, um, overall, the consensus I'm getting is yes, it was it was good, but it wasn't anything earth shattering. Uh, obviously, my glowing praise of it. Is, is something that is, you know, unique to me.
0: I mean, I really enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I mean, it isn't, again, like you said, it isn't earth-shatteringly good, but I enjoyed it. That's
2: good. Yeah,
1: it was... I mean, I I, I was watching it at work, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I work overnight, and it was like, it's quiet, I'll watch half of it and half of it tomorrow. So it wasn't like, you know, I was dedicated to it, but also, it held my interest. I wasn't bored. I uh, I... If it was like it, it's uh, if it was like Saturday afternoon, and it was on cable. I would watch it.
2: You know that that actually fits this movie pretty well. I think. You know, I I like I say, and I've said this a few times. I know I'm super biased on it, but that's a great uh, that's a great way to put it. Like it's a hey, this is on Saturday afternoon. i sure I'll sit down and watch this. I got nothing else to do. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, so this isn't something that necessarily is going to happen on every episode of the show, but uh, I do have. Um, uh, I'm stealing this from uh, another podcast called Film Sack, but you know nobody listens to our show, and certainly none of the Film Sack <laughs> guys do, so they're not going to know I did this. But uh, they have a checklist that they do for every movie, and I have a little checklist that I do that I have for this movie because it is an '80s action comedy cop film, so it is definitely got all the boxes that it's ticking. Um, so, without further ado, here is the Running Scared checklist, um, and it goes as follows. Uh, A plethora of witty quips and one-liners? Check. An angry captain? Check. Captain that threatens to shoot our quote-unquote heroes if they don't go on vacation? Check. Legally questionable policing tactics? Check. And no repercussions for blatantly breaking the law and going rogue to get the bad guy? Yes! (laughs) Because they're definitely... It was such an 80s trope of... The movie ends... Literally, they, they take all of the cocaine... From evidence. They go after the guy. They yeah. shoot up everybody. They lose all the evidence and, and they walk heroes. out heroes. <laughs> like <laughs> I I both love and hate that. It's uh, one
1: of those when you think about it, you're like, Hey, wait a minute. Just like they just swatted a guy so he could cheat on his girlfriend. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute.
2: <laughs> yeah. They're they're not good guys. And if you think about it too much, it, it does start to eat its own tail, but I just it's just hilarious, and they're like, "Nope, you know what? I guess we're not going to retire, even though we've already signed all the paperwork for the mortgage on the bar, you know, none of that." And and there's just there's no resolution to any of it. The movie's just like, "We're done. Julio's dead. We can go home now. Have a cigar." No.
1: You know, it's it, it's interesting because it's not that they're 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 competent at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're good cops. Like they had mishaps and failures and like just missed the guy a few times, and none of it was like because they screwed up or were you know sleeping or something like it, it they were doing their job they were doing them well and it just didn't work out mm-hmm. and then they get chastised by dan Hidea and i'm like i was really believing they're not going to get back out there yeah
2: so, no yeah. definitely yeah. I, can, um, I can see that uh, well um i mean i am out of you know things to say really about this movie other than just keep talking about how much i love it i could play clips from it all day i could sit here and re-watch it right now and i just watched it yesterday like that's how much i like this movie uh, i like, can't yep. watch it i'm not at work <laughs> <laughs> well, well hey, you want to buy a bar
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh in uh and key west yeah. <laughs> promise me we'll get robbed
2: twice yeah yeah oh well uh i want to thank you guys for joining me this week um this this was one that i really wanted to do because just how much i enjoy this movie and i wanted to I want to I want to show it to more people, and I'm glad that you guys got a chance to watch it and that you enjoyed it. You know, it's it's always fun to show somebody a movie that that means a lot to you and have that other person actually enjoy the movie. I try I, I tried not to build it up too much before you saw it because I didn't want to set like unreasonable expectations um, because that's easy to do, especially with a, a movie that you know you hold near and dear to your heart, like I do with this movie. But uh, mm. I'm I'm really glad that you both enjoyed it.
0: And it was the same for me with Titan AE.
2: It's true. That's yeah, true. And I did enjoy that. I, I really that's one that I keep thinking about, like, man, they need to bring that back in like a series of some kind. I really think that would work really well. You know, either Did that have a series or was that Atlantis? I think Atlantis had a series. Atlantis, Atlantis had a series. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Same same style, same design. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it does have a very similar visual feel from, from memory anyway. I haven't seen Atlantis in forever. Uh, I think I haven't seen that since I was working at Suncoast Video, so that would have been <laughs>
0: like
2: 2002, but uh, 2003, old something days. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I do remember it being kind of a similar art style. I do know that, uh, at least in Atlantis, the main character didn't look like uh, a young um, Dennis Quaid. I mean,
0: Any- yeah. I, yeah, anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, I just can't get over that. It sounded like Matt Damon, it looked like Dennis Quaid. I'm not, lo- I'm not letting that one go. Um, no. So uh again, thank you guys for, for joining me this week. This has been a lot of fun. Um it's uh it's one of my favorite movies, running scared. Go out and see it. Um oh hey, nope, hold on. Well, can't do that I yet. Say, where, where
1: do you I, go out to see this.
2: <laughs> well, before uh yeah, before I end the show, I gotta tell you guys where to find it, right? yeah, oh. you know, this is this is good where to podcasting. Find it, right you're here.
1: listening to it right now.
2: Well, you're listening to it. <laughs> but you could you be listening me. to it on somebody else's speakers or a friend of yours is listening to it or something, but no, uh, we put You're the show your up about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I did today. <laughs> You're uh tvstravis.com is the website. Uh, it's the easiest way to find the show right now. You can go there, this big subscribe button. Um, you can subscribe to it in Apple podcasts in Google podcasts in any podcast player, uh, that you want to, um, new shows every Saturday, uh, next episode after this one is going to be for Kung Fu Hustle um, the Stephen Chow uh, Kung Fu movie and I'm kind of looking forward to that one too Um, so yeah uh, now I can play this and uh, let you guys know that uh, go to tvstravis.com find the website and um, as always enjoy your movies
0: put your nuts in a microwave.